Hi guys, today we're going to be talking with Molly Ashton and before we do though I just had a quick bit of housekeeping to get out of the way. The first thing is just to say really really sorry that there was no release on Monday, no episode of the show on Monday. It's been a really hectic week with some really interesting things happen and I'm going to have a huge announcement on the show on Friday so stay tuned for that some breaking news that is massive it won't affect the podcast or the YouTube channel it won't affect what I'm doing it won't affect the number of podcasts a week or anything like that but it is a huge piece of news for me and my family in Self-Sufficient Herban. That will be breaking on Friday and there'll be an accompanying video on YouTube over the weekend at some point as well. So please do stay tuned for that. It's been some huge developments here and uh, that's the main thing. But just, yeah, generally a general apology for this podcast being a few hours later than usual when it comes out and Mondays being non-existent at all I don't I think I've done that once before in the history of the show and I just want you guys all to know that I do take quite seriously the scheduling of the show and I know to lots of you that are listening you'll be like well whatever you know the, the show's there sometimes it's not there other days and I listen to it when I listen to it and that's all great but to some people it's really quite important and I just want to say that I acknowledge that and accept that and I feel it's important too and I genuinely genuinely do really make as much effort as I possibly can to not interrupt the scheduling of the show and I you know do work really hard to try and make sure that I release every Monday Wednesday and Friday so I'm really sorry for Monday I you know I I try and avoid it happening I'm not going to say it won't ever happen again but uh, you know it's not going to be a regular occurrence so there you go that's my apology out the way and uh, yes stay tuned for the show on Friday for that big announcement. Right, I'll hand you over to my interview with Molly Ashton. Hello, and welcome to the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com, and I'm here to talk about all things self-sufficiency, all things homesteading, and about how we can reduce the gap between our consumption and our production sustainability and food security matters hello everyone and welcome to episode 374 of the self-sufficient hub podcast i hope you're all safe and well today i have with me molly ashton from the seasons blog and the mended teacups podcast hi molly how are you Hi, I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. And you are a returning guest. We spoke in the past, well over a year ago now, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, and we were speaking about home education at the time. Yep, that's absolutely right. And, uh, well, you're coming back to talk us through, well, we've got a few different things to talk about, haven't we? But let's start just with how you're getting on with your home education and uh I think we both wanted to talk about how you're sort of incorporating the idea of moving towards a more self-sufficient lifestyle as part of that process. Yeah, absolutely perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So home ed, home ed is good at the moment. Uh, we have four four kids for people who um, didn't listen to the last one. We have four kids. Only two are home educated now. So they're between 21 and 11. 
and so it's the two of the girls who are still at home being home educated the oldest our oldest one is at uni and the second one is just about to go to uni so it's going to be very quiet here yeah <laughs> all, all my muscle my young men with muscle <laughs> all <are> gone. <laughs> so um, um have to save all the jobs up for christmas time i think uh, so yeah, but I've been quite busy as well as all, all the garden and all the other things. Um, I've been involved in compiling a book over the last year. Um, it's called Another Way to Learn and it's being published by a Scottish publisher actually. And it's coming out, so yay, 21 in Scotland. <laughs> and it's um, uh, coming out in September and it's a, a UK it was written by a group of UK home educators. Up until now, most of the literature and the resources we've had is kind of homeschooling from America, which has been great. And I've been very, very grateful for everything that wings its way over the Atlantic to us. But um, home ed has kind of come of age in, in the UK now. We've got quite a few second generation home educators and we have a couple of conferences that happen and the resources are, for children are growing. Um, but still very few books for um, for adults, for parents. So we've got together and written a book, which is kind of basically a, a kind of a, um, a, a sort of an introduction. So for anybody who's curious about home education and would like to know more, it's for you. And for anybody who's already, who's kind of on the journey and, and would just like some encouragement, there's always, always stuff to learn. Um, and we've got a fantastic um, group of authors who are writing it and lots of wisdom and lots of practical advice so so we're very excited about it excellent i can i can tell and the idea of getting a book published is to some people or a lot of people just a bit a step too far to even dream so you've done really really well uh, were you one of the drivers behind that molly or was was were, were you a collaborator in someone else's sort of vision no, it was actually my, yeah, it was kind of my my vision, which has sort of been bubbling there really for quite a long while, quite a few years, but it just hadn't seemed, it just sort of hadn't seen the opportunity. And I think also I wasn't brave enough to ask other people because there were sort of people that I knew were busy and I respected a lot. And I thought, you know, to, to ask somebody like that to, to write a a chapter for a book that hadn't yet got a publisher <laughs> so this was a bit of a big ask but actually all the authors were absolutely amazing and they all said yes absolutely this is a really good project um we're on board so so we've and we've had different people um come and endorse it as well so i mean the support that i've had has been amazing and, and different people you know there are a lot of gaps in in my kind of abilities particularly with all sort of the tech um, and uh, one of the other kind of team members, authors, she's really put together the launch team along with the publisher um, and she's doing all that. We've got a website which um, she and her husband built um, called Another Way to Learn. Another Way to Learn book, I think it is. And um, so and, and we're kind of populating that at the moment. That's got every, every week we have more and more on it about the different authors and about the different topics that the book's covered. So that's quite exciting. And that's we're getting quite we're getting quite a lot of hits is that what the name is that what it's called <laughs> yes yes people that's what they call it these days yeah people clicking on it quite a lot of people clicking so, so, so yeah so, so, she, so she's, she's amazing good stuff good stuff i'm absolutely thrilled for you Thank you. And uh, whenever whenever we speak, whether it's uh, in person or in email form, you always remind me that you listen to the podcast with your daughter. Yes, she loves it. My 11 year old daughter absolutely loves it. <laughs> 
No, that that's always thrilling. I always really get really get a kick out of that. So, Molly, why don't you tell us about some of the ways you've incorporated some of the the things that we're all about here, at self sufficient hub, into what you're doing at home with the home educating and just your general way of life. Oh, thank you. That's a lovely. That's a gift of a question. That's lovely. <laughs> um, yeah. So we've always, I've always had a, a kind of like a leaning towards self sufficiency. I'm um, kind of John Seymour has kind of been my bible for quite a few years. Um, and, and that sort of, it's just become, I suppose, the way we sort of, we, we live and home educate, it, it is very much part, just everything is part of life and learning. We do do, we do have set, set rhythms and set times where we sit down at the table and do learning or sit on a picnic mat or wherever it might be, but we do our, we do, you know, our learning and reading everything, but actually a lot of the other things we just do alongside each other. So as I was thinking about this, I was just wondering if maybe you could say, uh, talk just a bit about through the seasons through the years how we yeah please that is that okay yeah so I please start starting off with kind of january february <laughs> when it's winter time um and all these things we we i don't do them every year but i do with the children and so it's become a part of their what they would know about kind of thing so obviously it's choosing seeds and that's a really good way seed catalogs that's a great thing with kids to go through and it's helping with reading and everything um we've also um a lot quite a long while ago which i use now is i that one of the kids cut out lots of different pictures of of fruit and vegetables and then we laminated them and made a board and so they can kind of put them put all the brassicas in one place and all the onion family in one place and all the rest of it so that was quite a good kind of learning experience that we did um at one one time um uh we've then it's sort of like looking looking forward isn't it they they always help me when we buy all the onions and the garlic and the aquadulce beans and um, and then they put the potatoes out and ship them. And that's quite good for little ones with writing because they write, have to write on the egg boxes, which is quite a difficult place to write. Um, I think another thing that we do, we, we then, so those are sort of the, the just living alongside me kind of thing. Yeah. But another things that we do kind of specifically, um, we quite often choose a tree at the beginning of the year just locally and then we go back to that tree you know every you know quite several you know every few weeks and we just have mm -hmm. a look at it and and that's a really good way for just for children to observe how how trees work and how nature works and everything so so that's that's a really good seasonal thing um and another thing which is uh, one of any of your viewers might choose to do and i always forget to do this but i think it's a fantastic idea is making like a calendar of firsts so you you get your you get your calendar or you get a notebook and you note like the first snowdrop or the first um uh, uh tree you know tree coming into bud or the first snail that you see in the year or the first butterfly um so those are sort of things that you can do at the beginning of the year and kind of and kind of um, carry on through, and also nature study books, which we've which we've done with limited success. Some have been good years, and some haven't been good years. Mm -hmm. And some kids love drawing, but that's a that's a really good way again of observing things, and actually really looking at a flower <clears> and observing <throat> it and drawing it. So, so that you know, lots of opportunities um, alongside that ponds as well. If you're digging a pond, or if you're if you're visiting a river that as well kind of to look at it through the year to see how it's to see how it's um uh just changing through the seasons i love the so, idea of the, the calendar of firsts i absolutely mm. love that and ha have you ever gone back through previous years and had a look and thought right well what can we learn from 
this changing date of this particular thing and, and that aspect of it? Yeah, yeah, we do. I mean, not not hugely, to be honest, but there are but there certainly are some things that we look back and say, oh, and that was yeah, that was particularly things like earlier this year or later this year when you sort of look at look at the timing of it. Um, yeah. The other the other interesting thing we do is is we have uh, on a Monday. That's just how day we do it. We do nature study. We start by nature study in the morning. So we look at various different books. And one of the books that I read is I don't know if any of your viewers would know it, the Edwardian Country Diary or something. Um, and it was written over a hundred years ago. And it's slightly further north than where we are. We're in Somerset, so it's slightly further north. But it's quite interesting to see what's the same and what's different kind yes. of 100 years on. So so it's just all a kind of a, a, an awareness of the world around us, really, the sort of the great world of nature. Yeah, just while we're, before we move on, just while we're talking about things being earlier and later, I, I will, I just want to quickly share, it's the, as we're recording this, it's Friday the 22nd of July. Now, this will be going out in a few days, but as I record this, I picked my first Blackberry today. Yay! Wow! <laughs> yeah. That's really well. I was stunned. I pulled up at, at work and uh, on a, a new job at a new client's house, and there was this blackberry bush. And it had well, I could have picked a, a small potful, there wasn't thousands, but yeah, I picked my first blackberry. And I'm not sure I've picked one this early before. Goodness me, yeah, things definitely are changing, aren't they? So, yeah, so and that's quite interesting observing that. And so then I suppose we head into spring and um there are so many again there's so much in the garden to do at that time isn't there you know planting seeds and the kids have always helped me as we as we sow seeds as we dig the potatoes in um as we kind of clear beds and you know put put manure down dig manure dig manure in you know i think some jobs be more popular than others yeah. <laughs> and i think i've probably only in fact got one real gardener out of the four which is our youngest daughter who loves this podcast um i think i think the others see see the see the necessity of it but um but i don't think they're kind of natural gardeners but she is so she and i are definitely gonna are definitely gardening buddies <laughs> so it's worth having four kids for one partner in crime yeah so um but there, again you know when you're planting seeds it's such a fantastic way to talk about the life cycle of the seed you know and what happens and the roots and the shoots and um and then and then you know the leaves and then later on in the autumn you can talk about seed dispersal and about you know the whole life cycle of, of a seed and back back to the start kind of thing um sometimes with beans i'm sure lots of kids do that do it at school you can you can plant a bean seed um in a in a jar and then watch the roots come up and the shoots go no the other way around shoot, roots go down the shoots go up there's lots of other things you can do to see see um yeah to see yeah to, uh, to think of all sorts of other biology experience experiments we've done but there's loads and loads of things you could do with seeds um and and looking about germination and and putting things in airing covers where it's hot but there's no air and do they germinate but if they germinate then do they then have um, what happens if they've then got leaves on? Will, will they? What happens then? And obviously they go if they're even they're warm and they're watered, but there's no no light. They obviously die wilt and they obviously die because they can't photosynthesize. So there's a huge amount that you can do, kind of basic biology, just practical stuff as you as you um, as you go around your all your all your gardening jobs. 
and another thing that we we've done the last few years actually is making um the girls each research a particular bird garden bird and they try and have a go at making the nest of what the bird would make the nest of and it's really difficult they've never done it yet and it just makes you think gosh you know here we are we can do we can't do this and yet these tiny little birds can make yeah. these intricate nests it's incredible and then they make um they with clay they make eggs and then paint them the right color so that's been a really that's been a really interesting thing as well and do done. you when you're doing your your seed saving and your sowing or what i was mm. going to say when you're doing your sowing stuff do you do you save seeds and is that part mm. of the the process yeah we do definitely we save seeds as well and we often we often as a part of the a part of that you know well sometimes we've got several books about seeds and we kind of make it into a bit of a bit of a kind of a learning thing and we read about the seeds and uh, yeah there's there's some fantastic books that we have out there so so that's that's fun and also you know just looking at all the bugs that you see in the soil you know it's a great opportunity then you find a snail well let's just go and have a look and see you know how how does this big sucker thing work on the snail or or find an ant in my especially my two girls would have watched will watch ants for ages and watch them how they work and so yeah so so things so again it's just sort of being a part of, of what we're doing and they just they just watch along and foraging as well, obviously, in the springtime. There's a lot of foraging. Yeah. And, and um, I don't, I would love to learn more. I would love to come on one of your courses one day. Um, but but that's a great way as well of of sort of seasonal things, rhythm or with, with things that are kind of like part of their rhythm that they know that, you know, we always have steam nettle soup in the springtime. We make our garlic pesto and things like that. So that's, that's, a, that's a, all a good thing. And that's cooking and everything, being involved in that. Yeah, no, it's great. And sometimes it's really easy to get drawn down into just one aspect of something and forget the links to everything else. And I like the way that this thing we do called homesteading or called self-sufficiency or whatever you want to call it, the way it draws across the board from one aspect of what it is to the other. And, and it all ties in. And like you say, it's it's not just when we're, when we're talking about growing plants, we're not just talking about growing plants. We're also talking about the cyclic nature of the seasons. And we're also talking about cooking and we're talking about food. And all of these things get drawn into this intricate web that just complement each other. And I, mm. that's one of the most thrilling aspects of the whole process for me. Mm, yeah no I completely absolutely agree and I'm quite a jack of all trades I'm not a particular perfectionist at all I kind of <laughs> have a go at something <laughs> and if it works I'll kind of move on to something else yeah. so um but it's lovely to see that one of my daughters does actually really enjoy cooking although she's not kindergarten she enjoys a kind of the processing of the food um and then my my ones one of my sons worked for butchers last year and so when it comes comes you know to pig pig um uh, slaughtering time he enjoys the whole sausage making process and he helped me to butcher the pig last year because I'm just not strong enough but you know he did the butchering for me yeah so it's, it's a whole so it's lovely to be able to involve the family isn't it yeah for sure so yeah so what's yeah. next on our list after spring spring well I suppose summertime so summer is it's just such a lovely time isn't it and we're out and about a lot uh, so all the you know continual seed sowing that carries on and then oh, some of the harvesting and the jam making and the chutney making and apple picking and and bees sort of later on although we haven't got bees at the moment but when we have in the past um you know extracting honey um in the and pigs as well our pigs normally come in the spring so so in when the boys and my oldest daughter were little we used to fridays used to be our pig feeding day because we've always done it as part of a co-op 
and we would go up and feed the pigs and then we'd spend the rest of the day in the field and I always used to have this feeling that oh gosh you know we're kind of skipping school and everyone else in school and mm -hmm. here we are just outside and we're, we're walking in the woods or we're, we're kind of doing nature study or field studies or all sorts of things out and about and then of, after that forest school became popular and I just thought oh well you know <laughs> everyone's doing it now yeah I didn't feel guilty anymore but they were lovely that was you know part of our our, our weekly rhythm for years years and years was um friday with being a field day um we did we've done things like obviously campfires we've used and we've got a dutch oven so sometimes like when we did a project all about um america and we learned about the cowboys and how they the sort of the, the kind of meals that used to have we managed to get a recipe of what how the beans that the cowboys used to eat and we cooked a we we cooked a, a meal on the Dutch oven as the cowboys would have cooked it with beans and, and bacon and everything. So that was fun. We still call it cowboy food. <laughs> so 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 things like that are fun. Um I'm just trying to think we've made willow dens in the past over there. And and we've also had quite a lot of home ed days where um, our home ed group, which are mainly based in Bristol, have come down and we've gone for walks in the woods. And then we've done come some kind of forest school activity in the field um, afterwards and then all kind of had a picnic and maybe had a story or something. So and the older kids have go for a walk and um, and have a campfire and marshmallows and things. So so it's, it's been great. Different at different seasons. We've done diff we've done different things. Um, but but yeah but that's fun and then yeah and then and then we sort of back round to back round to winter time again and and uh and get it yeah bringing in all the harvest and it being really quite cold <laughs> so so yeah and i think the other thing also is that through through the seasons we do have set times where we celebrate and i think that that's really that in fact interestingly that helped us quite a lot in the lockdown year year and a half wasn't it mm. when a lot of the other kind of anchors weren't there but actually we knew that you know the beginning of the year there's candle mass which is halfway between the winter solstice and the winter the spring the, the, the what's it called the vernal equinox. equinox or something yeah, yeah. so you know so, so we know we put candles out then and and then there is the spring equinox and that's a thing to celebrate because, you know, it's, the, it's getting lighter. And then obviously there's Easter as well, isn't there? And there's Harvest Festival. And, you know, there are various different things that we kind of celebrate through the rhythm, through the year. And actually that was really quite helpful in particularly that year. So I just I just love being a part of the seasons and I just feel very fortunate that we live where we do and we can be a part of the seasons. Absolutely. And and I think here in the UK, so often people just complain about the weather all the time. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I know that uh, I'm, I might be a little bit of a hypocrite here because I did. I put out an episode last week where I, it sounded like that's all I was doing was complaining about the weather. But I certainly didn't feel like it was a complaint. It was um, I, I think we've got the best weather in the world here in the UK yeah. because yeah. we've just got a little bit of everything and mm. so often and and i know that and obviously there's downsides that come with that that we all know about with regards to infrastructure and because we get these conditions that that come along so rarely then we're not able to prepare for them because it doesn't make financial sense to be prepared for something that's only going to happen two days every 10 years yeah i i understand all that and, and i understand the downsides that come with that but being able to really experience seasons is just mm. a joy, I think. Mm. And, and like mm. I said, I think we've got the best weather in the world. 
Yeah, I love all the variety. Um, there's uh, just another thought came to me actually. You know, we are fortunate; we do live in the countryside, but actually, there are so many things you could do within the city and uh, with kids. And actually, a very easy thing is you literally you just stand still and you look up and you look down. And you can look down and, you know, if it's look at the crack in the pavement and see see what you can see. Can you see dandelions coming through it? Can you see getting your hands at these? Can you see ants? There's all sorts you can you can see just just looking down and then looking up as well. And obviously at night time, you can, you know, you can see um, the stars. And it's good to look at constellations and things. But but actually you can see clouds and learn about the weather. So, yeah, there's there's things you can do wherever we live, aren't there? Absolutely. So your blog's called Mothering Through the Seasons, which ties in nicely to what we've been talking about. And I just wonder what led to the genesis of that? What was the idea behind that? What made you sort of lean in that direction when you were starting it out? Oh, thank you. That's a lovely question. Yeah, it is very much a play on words. So it's the the mothering through the seasons as as I get older and the kids get older and the, just, just the seasons change as, a, you know, as our children grow, don't they? Yeah. Um, and so that's the one season. And then also very, very much the kind of the rural seasons living in the countryside and just seeing the seasons in the UK as they, as they change, which I, I just love. So the play on words. Yeah, nice. And, and I've said in the past to people, you know, when, when people are going through a tough time in their life or whatever, and I, I try and anchor them. One of the things I've done to try and anchor people is say, look, however old you are, if you're 13, if you're 26, however old you are, this is your one summer of being 26. This is your mm. one autumn of being 13. You don't get this again. And it can really help to sort of bring people back to the life and, and back to the moment and bring them to a place where they can start thinking about what's really important. And having those seasons is, is a great tool for doing that. I have found. Oh, that's lovely. I'll remember that. That's, that's really, that's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Not great. at all. So um, I will ask you, I've got some quick fire questions to close with, but before I get there, I just want to check uh, your daughter's name. Uh, Carla. Great, because I wanted to say hello, Cara. Thank oh. you for thank you for listening. I'm uh, I'm really thrilled every time I speak to your mum and I hear that you're listening along. So thank you, Cara, for listening to the show. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank <laughs> no, you. no trouble. So, have you got anything that we haven't touched on yet that you wanted to hit before I give you my quick fire questions at the end? No, I think that's all. Thank you. Yeah. Right. In that case, then I've got three questions that I'm asking all of my guests. I started this a few weeks ago and uh, they are as follows. Question number one. If you could only grow one plant, what would it be? Oh, gosh, it would either be pumpkins or potatoes. Pumpkins. Oh, yeah. One or the other. Either pumpkins or potatoes. Maybe pumpkins. OK. And elaborate on that. I've not, I've not heard that before. <laughs> Well, because they they feed they feed quite a lot of people, and they they would feed us, and they're they're quite easy to grow, but they're quite nutritious as well as being filling. Great, great answer. And next question: If you could only keep one animal, what would it be? Oh, it'd have to be chickens. Yeah, you're in good company there with myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and the last question: If you could send a text to your five years ago self, what would it say? Um, oh, that's oh, that's a brilliant question. Um, I would say just keep keep following what what's kind of on your heart. Just 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 have have some courage and have some boldness and and keep going. If you, your intuition, you know, our intuition, I think often is correct, um, and we often put down our intuition. But I think sometimes our intuition often is more correct than we think it is. 
Great stuff. Great stuff. So to wrap up then, maybe just point people towards your stuff, Molly. Tell people where they can find your blog online, where they can find your podcast, and as importantly as anything else, how they can support your book. Oh, thank you. So the, um, the podcast is Mended Teacups Home Ed Podcast on Apple or anywhere else. Um, the the um, blog is motheringthroughtheseasons.com. Uh, my first book, this is actually my second book, my first book is called The Kite's Tale, um, an adoption story. And you can get that on Amazon or any any bookshop or any library. And it's a storybook about adoption. It's not something that's covered an awful lot in books, um, but it's a really easy storybook read. So if, just for anybody who maybe has a friend who's adopted or or has a, a someone in their class who's in foster care or something, A Kite's Tale a uh, story of adoption by Bolly Ashton and then this last one this latest book rather is another way to learn and and it is uh it's the website which I'll give to you Carl another way to learn.com I think it is and there'll be a link to that in the in the show notes that's great Thanks. well thank you ever so much for your time today Molly and um say hello to your daughter for me and no thank doubt you. we'll speak again <laughs> all right thanks so much Carl take care Have and you weekend. bye This episode of the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast was brought to you by our patrons. You guys are awesome. If you'd like to support the show, there's lots of ways you can do it. The easiest of which is just to like and review it wherever you get our podcasts. You can also tell somebody about it, whether that's on social media or just face-to-face with a friend who you think might benefit from it. But however you support our podcast, we really, really appreciate it. If you'd like to become a patron, please consider doing so by going to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, it's listeners like you that make all of this possible. Thank you ever so much for listening, and I'll speak to you really soon.